welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Good morning. My name is Scott R. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Uh, my co-leader here is uh, Jed. And um, the topic we are sharing on today is disclosure, when and how much. Please turn off any electronics and please do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, the session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during the session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded session. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front of the room and sit next to us in the chairs over there and use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table. Don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for all of those still suffering or unable to attend a meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. Serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. God's will, not mine, be done. Again, our, our topic today is disclosure, when and how much. Uh, each of us are going to share for about five minutes about how this topic has applied in our lives and then we'll invite you up to uh, share again, just uh, sit in the chairs. Uh, I think we'll have like a two-minute share, and we'll use a timer. Somebody willing to be a timer for uh, two-minute times? Great. And you can still finish up your thought at the end of two minutes. You don't have to just stop mid-sentence. Uh, I noticed that in some of the other groups, you know, let people finish their thoughts. Um, so um, I'm going to start. Again, my name is Scott Arm, a recovering sexaholic. I've been sexually sober for uh, 15 and a half years and um, one day at a time. So I'm going to just share a little bit of my experience, strength, and hope about what happened to me, how the disclosure occurred, and then what it's like now. So... Um, Long story short about, you know, the typical sexaholic uh, behavior, um, but in a marriage, you know, was acting out, um, leading two separate lives. You know, the one life supposedly was, you know, family man at home with young children um, and working. And, of course, on the other side was the second life where I was out with... Um, uh, I'll call it progressively uh, severe sexaholic behavior. And um, to the point where I was um, really had crossed line after line after line and to the point where um, couldn't really just live with myself anymore. My behavior had gotten to the point where I was, you know, I use the word soulless. I was feeling like I had no soul anymore. I was just like, and then it was kind of this moment of what, what the heck am I doing? Um, and I realized that the disease had progressed to the point that, you know, if I didn't do something, uh, you know, I wasn't going to be around on this earth very long. So I checked myself, uh, really busted myself. I had left a lot of breadcrumbs for my wife. Um, you know, my wife's not a, not an, uh, dumb woman. She's a very smart woman, but she chose to be a good uh, codependent and went into denial and just kind of ignored all the breadcrumbs and all the signals and just sort of shut me out, basically. So I had to bust myself. Um, so I basically just came up to her one day and said, uh, I'm checking into a rehab uh, out in Arizona. And, um, 
you know, I'll, uh, you know, more to be more to come. And she's like, what, um, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, so, um, I flew to Arizona, um, checked myself into a rehab and, um, the process there. And again, I'm not speaking on behalf of SA here. This is just my experience with disclosure was that, um, they had a series of processes that you went through and the, uh, process that disclosure happened with was called family week. And during family week, um, my wife came to this, uh, rehab along with my two brothers. Uh, and that's where disclosure took place. Um, prior to the disclosure, there was a, um, conversation that was held with me about how this was all going to go with the therapists. And then my wife was also prepped. So she was not coming into this, uh, you know, completely shocked that there was going to be a disclosure. She knew it was going to happen. So the way the disclosure went was, um, first of all, the therapist had me write a list of uh, all my uh, behaviors uh, in great detail uh, to leave nothing out. He said, leave nothing out, put everything in it. And then um, my wife, again, was coached by her therapist about what was going to happen uh, long story short, we sat in a room. Uh, all of the other members of my circle, meaning all the other rehab, uh, you know, patients, whatever you want to call them, were there. Uh, I was sitting across from my wife. Um, my two brothers were off to the side and the therapists were there. And I basically did my disclosure, um, which was to tell her pretty much in chronological order what I had done, but what behaviors I had engaged in, including all the lies, uh, all the, and, and my behavior was, um, you know, uh, the worst of it was acting out uh, with prostitutes uh, and strip clubs. And so those were the disclosures that were probably hitting the hardest with her and the lies about, I told her I was going on a business trip to North Jersey and I was in Chicago visiting a prostitute. So those were the kinds of lies that I was disclosing to her, uh, in this disclosure. So, um, I don't know how long it lasted, but whatever it was, a half hour or whatever, I went through the list. Um, she was, uh, pretty livid. Um, as you would imagine, um, she knew some extent that I was acting out, but she had no idea to the extent that it, that it was. And, um, again, I'm going to just keep this short cause I'm going to turn it over to, to Amjad. Um, the bottom line was it is that, uh, she said, if you come home and get your act together and, uh, stop this behavior, I'll give you a second chance. That was the long and short of it. Um, there were many other people at the rehab where I watched that that did not happen. They did their disclosure. The wives said, hit the road, we're done, let's file for divorce, and it was over. But in my, in my case, uh, they said, she said, I'll give you a second chance. So the um, situation has been, um, I've been sober for 15 and a half years. Um, I have cleaned my act up, uh, you know, significantly. And, um, you know, our marriage is probably better, not probably is better than it ever was. Um, the first several years, um, was not pretty. Uh, we were abstinent, celibate, um, and, um, I was sober, uh, according to the essay definition. And, um, eventually after several years of her, beginning to retrust me, uh, we were able to resume sexual activity, but slowly. And so, you know, um, we're, we're where we are now. Good marriage, solid marriage. Kids are, kids are good. Um, you know, everybody kind of knows everything. Uh, and I work my SA program, um, pretty rigorously, uh, since then. So, um, so again, that's my story. I know that the white book sort of describes it a little bit differently, um, in terms of, you know, when and how much, but, um, that's the process that we went through. It, it worked for us. I've, we're still married. So, um, you know, uh, but I'm not su su suggesting that I advocate it for others. I'm just telling you the, the process that I went through. So thanks for letting me share.
Good morning. I'm Amjad. I'm a hopeless sexaholic of the hopeless variety, uh, miraculously sober since February 16th of 2015. And uh, parts of my story are probably similar to a lot of people. My my primary acting out behavior was uh, pornography and masturbation, uh, adult bookstores, and um, that and my drug of choice is celebrities. So that that's where I stand. My qualifiers. Um, just uh, kind of, you know, like to start with the literature a little bit. So I know I'm hoping that many of you have read uh, the section into a newcomer where it says a caution. Uh, but I just want to go back to uh, one par- or a couple paragraphs in here. It says on page three of the white book, few things can so damage the possibility of healing in the family as a, a premature confession to a spouse or family where sacred bonds and trusts have been violated. Unwittingly, such confessions can be attempts on our part to dump our guilt, get back into good graces, or make just another show of willpower. Great caution is advised here. A to family must begin with a sexually sober, changed attitude and behavior on a daily basis. Then as we grow in recovery, we'll find how to make direct amends. Help from sponsor and group is indispensable here. There's always a way if we want to make if we really want to make things right. Uh, and I read that because to me that, uh, when it, this, you know, on this topic of disclosure, that one sentence is probably is the one sentence that comes back in my mind again and again and again, whenever I think about disclosure. And that is that, you know, for me, when I'm ready to disclose something, because I never disclose anything, I'm always hiding and I'm always lying and I'm always manipulating and trying to control and manage your reactions. So if I'm, planning to tell you something and disclose something, if I am planning to tell you something, it's because I want to control and manipulate your reaction or your behavior or your thoughts in some way. And so, uh, you know, it's, I'm either trying to get rid of my guilt so I feel better, or I'm trying to get back into your good graces. I'm trying to make sure that if I, I'm trying to tell you as much as I want to tell you so that, you know, and leave out the parts that I think will make you too upset. You know, it's, I, it's a whole, you know, like manipulation game for me. And so this, you know, the sentence where it says, you know, you know, attempts to dump our guilt, get back in good graces, or just make another show of willpower. It's me trying to control the situation again. Uh, so I, you know, I lead with that. Oh, I forgot to start my little timer. I'm not good like Scott. I don't have an internal timer. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, so the, um, you know, for me, my, my experience with disclosure has been that, uh, in terms of my wife, uh, she has not wanted to know anything about my addiction from day one. Uh, she caught me early in our marriage and uh, told me, if I ever catch you again, this is over. And uh, I just got really compulsive about hiding. And, uh, you know, as was previously mentioned in the with the breadcrumbs, I mean, I, I was really careful to sweep up all the breadcrumbs. And I would, after each acting out, I would beg and pray that God, please don't punish her for my sins. Like, don't punish her for my mistakes. This will be so devastating to her. Uh, and so I managed about 10 years like that, 10 years of just hiding and guilt and shame and just dying inside. And then I finally decided to get help, um, you know, it was kind of because I was sick of living the double life. Uh, and so it was after I'd gotten in the program that she found out I was in a program and then she couldn't understand why. Cause she said, I thought you were over this like nine and a half years ago. Like what, <laughs> why, why are you going to a program of sexaholics anonymous? And I lied. I said, you know, I'm just sick and tired of my eyes wandering, uh, and didn't mention the porn or anything. Uh, later in our relationship, uh, you know, about a year and a half into the program, I disclosed in a meeting, we had a little work group, and I disclosed the worst thing that I've ever done, which had never, that had never left these lips ever before. And that was that at the age of 14, I fondled a nine-year-old girl. And I was, you know, that, the shame of that is probably about 80% of my addictive behavior was driven by that. And I disclosed it in the meeting and I, for the first time, I felt like there was some hope. There was some freedom because nobody ran. They didn't kick me out. They didn't, uh, spit on me. They, you know, it's like all the things that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. And, uh, you know, so I went home and I told my wife and her reaction was, she said, cause I wanted more of that. I wanted more of that feeling of relief. Right. So I told my wife and she said to me, I wish you had never told me that. I really wish you would. That would have been one of the things that, that would have been better if you just kept to yourself. 
because I, I, I just didn't want to know that about you. Uh, so I'll, I'll end with a, a, a disclosure story that happened recently. Uh, so in about eight, nine months ago, I had a guy come out to my house to work on my roof. And we were working on the roof and uh, was, uh, you know, he, he checked the roof and then we, he, we, we were talking on the front porch and we ended up talking for like an hour. Somehow we hit it off. We had something in common. We talked about everything that, you know, kids, family and, uh, interests. And my wife came in, I checked a couple of times. She's like, are you guys okay? <laughs> What's going on out here? And during the conversation, and this is, I guess, something I've learned in this program is how to listen to God and how to hear his voice in my life. And I was during the conversation, I felt the voice of God say to me, tell him. And I remember saying, oh, that's, get out, you know, that's, that can't be God. And then it came again, tell him. And, you know, I ignored it again. And then about, you know, an hour into the conversation, it said, tell him. So I took a deep breath. I, I said a quick silent prayer. And then I said, um, I'm not sure why I'm telling you this but I feel compelled by God that I need to share with you that I am a sexaholic. I'm addicted to porn and masturbation. I'm in a 12-step program, and uh, we have meetings every day of the week. And I just feel like I have to tell you that. And he looked at me, his jaw dropped, and he said, you may not know why you told me, but I know why you told me. I'm married, I have kids, and I'm in three. I'm an affair with three women. And uh, I might be able to get some of the help that you have. And, uh, you know, we kind of been in touch for the last several months. And about two weeks ago, he came to his first meeting, picked up a temporary sponsor. And uh, so I want to end with this, which is I believe that this topic of disclosure for me, in my experience, can be summed up very simply. It has to be God driven. It cannot be another show of willpower for me. I have to disclose as God reveals to me what I should disclose. And so over time, I've disclosed to my parents. I have disclosed to my teenage boys uh, on separate occasions for separate reasons, uh, but it's it's always been, uh, by the grace of God, it's always been a, a prayerful and God-driven experience rather than a me experience. So thanks for letting me share. Hey, um, you now have the opportunity, you now have the opportunity to share with the group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting. Uh, which is disclosure, like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic, avoid explicit description or distracting comment, focus on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up at the chairs here so we don't have to wait for each person to come up. Please speak loud enough for all to hear. We'll move the microphone over and uh, two minutes each, and we have a timer, and please finish your thought um, when you conclude. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, Steve. Um, yeah, so I have a good bit of experience with disclosure. Uh, I did not come into this program by my own enlightened self-interest. I was discovered... Uh, a good bit of I had I had a thought I was good at uh, hiding breadcrumbs, but you know the saying goes there are three things not long hidden: the sun, the moon, and the truth. Well, the truth eventually came out a little bit. Um, my wife found everything I had been hiding on my computer. Uh, I had no choice based on what was on my computer other than to disclose I had a problem with pornography and masturbation. That was not the whole truth, but it was enough to kind of, okay, I'll go get help, went to therapy, um, continued to lie about everything I had been doing, uh, which was seeing prostitutes, same-sex acting out. Uh, in addition to pornography and masturbation. So kind of four months through going to therapy, lying to my wife, lying to my therapist as well. It's hard to get help when you lie, uh, by the way. Um, part of the therapy process there was a disclosure process with a lie detector. Um, I had done research how to beat a lie detector test. Um, and I was convinced I could do it. I'm honestly, I'm still not sure I can't do it. 
But, but, but God knew uh, that I was going to try. And this, this is one of the promises coming true for me before recovery, God doing for me what I could not do for myself. I had a therapist who was bad at scheduling. He scheduled me with an act-out partner at the same time. So we saw each other in the waiting room. I vehemently said, you know, you don't know me. Just keep your mouth shut. Everything will be good. Well, I rescheduled. He went in for his appointment. He told the therapist everything, of course, because he was probably wanting to get help. Um, and But he, the one thing he didn't do was he did not give the therapist permission to disclose that, to tell me that he knew. So the therapist could not confront me. All he could do was say, I feel like you're not telling me the truth. No, I am, I am, I am. So, so obviously I failed the lie detector test. It's hard to fail the lie detector test when the lie detector test guy knows you're lying <laughs> without administering the test. Um, so disclosure for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll wrap it up. Uh, disclosure for me, I needed to go through that process to because I couldn't tell the truth. Um, so I needed the full truth to come out. The one thing that I will caution is to for the spouse to have support they need and the pre kind of coaching to you're going to hear some things that are uncomfortable because family member now family members outside of our family know her friends she just in the wreckage of that disclosure kind of went and told friends and some things that were damaging to me as well from childhood trauma um so and that has damaged relationships that are still damaged to this day. So um, for me, I needed disclosure to get it out uh, so I could tell the truth. But also there's a, you know, support for the spouse is the only other thing. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Gary, recovering sexaholic. Uh, sobriety October 30th of 08. Um, we did our disclosure uh, with both of us having therapists uh, with us. Um, after that, my wife had a bag packed and a friend to spend a night someplace else. She ended up coming back home that night, but it was a very controlled uh, environment. Um, it was still done in a uh, installment program, and I would re-traumatize her each time, but I think that's all I was capable of in getting out. Uh, when we first met uh, 25 years ago, I did disclose to her my past because I had a checkered past in our previous marriage, but I didn't stop the fantasizing and masturbation. So she knew my background, um, and I was, even my therapist said I was really good at hiding it. Uh, two things. One, the lie detector had done two of them. I did pass. Um, they are, they were for me a way of confirming to my wife, um, what I was saying to her at that point that I was a still sober under a definition. And it also helped us through one, uh, very difficult time when she thought I had, I'd gone on a business trip, got uh, snowed in at a location. She said, you were acting out. I said, it wasn't. I just, Weather happened, I couldn't get home. So I wish I had done the lie detector test quicker the second time. Okay. Um, the other um, thing that I learned um, was, and my wife really pressed me for details, and I should have not gone into graphic details. It burnt images, um, nationalities, dress that they were wearing into her head. I should have said no and stuck to my guns on that. So I would certainly caution anybody. There's no need for for my wife to know the details. Yes, I did this. She knew the general acting out. But beyond that, um, say no. Just there's that was just really a bad decision on on my part. So thanks for letting me share. I'm Steve. I'm sexaholic. Sobriety date August 16, 2017. Um, I preface this by saying I don't suggest this by any means, um, but it, it, it so far has worked for me, and I still pray every day that that uh, it, it it wasn't and does, didn't damage my wife too bad. Um, but when I was outed, um, I was having an affair with two of my wife's best friends. Um, till that point, you know, I can't count how many affairs I've had, but it was always with anonymous women. Um, 
So I, I was I was that low to where I you know I finally took the step uh, to someone that we knew, uh, someone that I couldn't um, you know hide. So she found out through phone records that I'd been texting, and eventually found out that I was having an affair uh, with one of her best friends. So um, I was basically just pigeonholed into a corner. Um, that night I, we were sat in my basement. My kids were upstairs sleeping, and for four hours I disclosed every single thing that I've, I've ever done. Um, again, I, I, I don't recommend that. Um, but at that point, God was telling me, Steve, you've kept a secret for 30 years. Um, you know, it, it's time. So I, I just, every, just motions came over me and I, and I told her everything. Um, you know, so there's things that she said, I wish I, you know, you wouldn't have told me, but it's worked so far, um, and it, it's gotten me to the point where I needed to get where I have no more secrets. Um, I pray every day that that she's remained strong enough, and and you know nothing that I've told her um, was too much. Um, but 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 like was mentioned, it was it was God driven. Um, and and real quickly to follow, I know it was God driven because when I did that, we ended up at a at a the church where we go uh, speaking with a priest um, and. After I disclosed, we were talking with him, and he said that, um, you know, that's when my sexual abuse as a child was first disclosed, and he and he knew my family when I was that young when that happened. Uh, no one knew about that in my family. I never addressed it with anyone for thirty years, and he knew about my molestation, and that's how I know that God was working, and that was meant to be at that time. So. Um, I don't recommend that. I, if, if you can do it in a, a facilitated environment, I recommend it. But that's what God told me to do, and it, and it works. So thanks. Marty, I'm a grateful sexaholic. Um, when I got into SA, um, I wanted to. My wife knew I was going to meetings, but I, I didn't tell her, you know, what I was doing. And she liked that because she used to tell people that I'm living with this alien. I don't know who he is, uh, but I don't want the old Marty back. And um, so I'm going to meetings and stuff, and um, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, telling her what's going on. And the guy that 12-stepped me in SA um, read that, what you read. Um, so... Uh, my head was starting to clear enough where I could understand that I, sh- that I should follow the directions. And um, so I talk- talked to my sponsor about it, and, um, you know, he said, you'll know when the time is right, you know. And I was sober about a year and a half, and we were at a restaurant, and we're talking, and my wife says to me, I think I know why you choose your words so carefully, because you don't trust me. It's like, oh, man. I, I said, I got to tell you something. She said, well, we're not doing it here. And uh, so we went up to this park where we used to go when we were dating. And um, I said, you know, I, I can't let this go on. I, th- I thought for sure she was going to divorce me. Um, but I said, I just can't let you go on thinking like that, you know, you can't be trusted. I'm the one that can't be trusted. So I told her what, what I had been having an affair a year long with a lady I work with. And... Um, she she said, "Oh, I'm so relieved." <laughs> what? She she had an Al-Anon background, um, so she said, "I thought I was going crazy because every time I'd you know say something or about it, you would turn the tables on me, and you know like basically really lie." She said, "I thought I was going crazy, and then like the money's disappearing, and I don't I don't know where that's going, but." It turned out to be really good because I found out that I could trust my wife. <laughs> that sounds so stupid, but, you know, of course I can trust my wife. That's all I got. Hi, my name is uh, Isaac. I'm a very grateful recovering sex addict. God has given me the gift of sobriety for seven years a month and 25 days. I'm grateful for every single one of those days. You know, when it comes to disclosure, it's probably one of the most controversial topics, I think, in my opinion, in, in SA. And my experience is very much like Scott, except I didn't have the courage to check myself into any rehab, knowing I had a problem, and it was my wife who busted me. 
my first day of sobriety was the day she served me with divorce papers. So that was, that was a good bottom to reach for sure. And, uh, we managed to get through it somehow. And my wife found that a therapist in Colorado Springs by the name of Doug, Dr. Doug Weiss, pretty famous, world renowned. And he's vehemently against, uh, any type of specific disclosure. You know, he brings out CDs. You know, geared towards therapists who favor that and how damaging it can be to the woman. And basically he says, you, you hit her over the head once with a bat and now you're going to run her over over a car, you know, and he was pretty opposed to it. And early on in, 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 you know, before we met with him and even while I was, you know, going to 12 step meetings and stuff like that with my wife asking me questions, you don't want to lie, you know, but you just, you know, I didn't have the courage to say, hey, we need to get in front of a therapist. So I would give her information and it was damaging. You know, I, I had seen a massage therapist for nine years, almost on a weekly basis. And I disclosed that to her. And that was very, very damaging to her because that almost showed a an emotional attachment to someone as opposed to a prostitute or something else. So it is, in my mind, in my experience, just very, very damaging. Any type of detailed disclosure for that matter. Um, it's funny cause we, we're divorced now. Our marriage didn't survive. We had some good years, but for other reasons it didn't survive. Now I'm going out with the girl and it's become clear to me that I need to disclose to her, you know, where I am and all that. So, um, but I've had some clarity, especially thanks to the, you know, some guys that I've met here and stuff. So I'm taking it almost as an opportunity, you know, and not fearing the consequences. Thanks. Let me share. Hi, my name is Tony, I'm a sexaholic. Thanks, guys, for your lead. Really appreciate it. A ton I identified with. Man, I have so much to share on this topic. Um, actually, I have a lot to share on every topic ever. But <laughs> I have a lot of experience with this topic. Uh, I'm. Okay, good. Is this good? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, I'm a single sexaholic, never married, um, and I'm dating. Uh, you know dating, quote-unquote. I've been in the program four and a half years, um, and I've done a few, I've done probably five disclosures. So I've done a a bit of dating, um, um, and I've also been in sober in AA for eight and a half years for about double as long. So I always struggle with how to do it. Now, I'll just mention two specific disclosures, the main ones that are in my mind right now. Almost two years ago, I dated someone for about a year sober in this program, and the disclosure was complete manipulation. Um, I just wanted to control her. And it was, you know, behind it was, I'm this worthless, like piece of dirt that if you leave me, like, like, it wasn't like, if you leave me, I'll die. It was like, nobody's going to love me. And so I need to give myself a chance that you're going to love me. It was terrible. What ended up happening was she, you know, in the end, she was not comfortable unless I told her every single detail of my, uh, of my disease. And eventually I did. Um, we dated for a while and I was the one that ended up leaving, but you know, and I have a lot of my, I guess fairly low bottom, uh, drunk, uh, transgender prostitutes, part of my story. Um, so that was one way. And the other way, and I, I have a sponsor who, I still struggle with it. He's probably the most spiritual man I've ever met in my life. And my life has changed since working with him. And he believes in when I do an essay, he believes in telling and doing an AA disclosure early on and an essay disclosure where the word addict is not even mentioned in the first part of the disclosure. It's something I've struggled with, but anyway, I was dating and I shared this in another meeting here. Um, I had a, um, I've been, I was dating someone last week and I told, did my AA disclosure. I really liked, we really liked each other. And she point blank asked me, are you a sex addict? And, uh, I took a pause and I was like, yes, I am <laughs> actually. Uh, and I just talked about, you know, the, the recovery part of the program and it was the most freeing experience. There was no guilt. There was no shame. There was no control. I really felt like God was there with me. She ended it the next night or two nights later. Um, so I still don't know exactly how it's done. But I know that, um, I'm at the point now where it's, I, you know, the, the focus, there needs to be a big focus on overwhelming her. And she was overwhelmed even in this one. And I didn't share much at all. Um, but she had her own personal experience with sex and addicts that were not in recovery. So she had her stuff. She was fearful. Um, but I appreciate hearing about God and God needs to be part of this process. And I, you know, whatever he has in mind, it's going to happen in his time. And, and, you know, my job is to not hurt people. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Dustin. I'm a sex addict from Colorado. Uh, sobriety dates May 24th, 2017. Hey, Dustin. <clears throat> I'm really thankful for disclosure. I had, um, in the, in the, in meaning that it was a friend of mine four years before I, uh, disclosed myself, he told me what was going on and that there was this program and that he was going into it. And so for four years, I was the little birdie on his shoulder that said, you don't have a problem. You should be able to do this. Like, who are you hurting? It's not costing you any money. Both of our addictions were, uh, uh, porn and masturbation. And, um, I kept hearing him say, he says he never said this, but I kept hearing him say, don't worry. You'll get caught, and then you'll be in there with the rest of us. And uh, I thought, oh, I just kept hearing that over and over. And and eventually, um, my wife knew something was up in our relationship, so so we uh, started to see a couples counselor. And the counselor said, okay, what addictions are we dealing with here? And I was like, oh. I told her a couple things. But not the big one, and um, she said, all right, okay, well, I think we should meet one-on-one uh, before we meet again. And so that gave me the opportunity to come clean with her separately first. And um, she said, thank you for your courage to be honest with me. And I, she said, what do you think you should do? And I said, well, I think it's been on my mind for a long time. I need to just tell my wife what's going on. And so May 24th, I acted out that morning, and then I told my wife in the afternoon, and I went to a meeting that evening, and um, I haven't looked back as far as the acting out goes, um, you know, but the, I mean, it was, I was just ready for it, so I felt like choosing that, and, and uh, it was a really big help, and the big help to me was that the, my friend had the courage to disclose to me what was going on, and it gave me some time to uh, to work with it. And so, I have take I have a lot of disclosure stories of maybe um, you know the pendulum has swung both ways for me, where maybe I've told too many people what's going on, and I've kind of backed off, and I've had experiences where it went really well, and experiences where it didn't go very well at all, and it's cost me friendships, but. To me, it's just the um, the courage to be honest with myself and to listen to what God tells me to do, and as far as being honest with every with others. So, with that, I'm in. Thanks. I'm Ken G. I'm a sexaholic. I've been sober two years, and there are good things about disclosure. Uh, I'm not here because of disclosure. I'm here because of discovery. Uh, discovery number one was pornography and masturbation. Um, my wife said, get help or else. I got into SA. Uh, thank goodness, because I was already in SA for disclo- disco- disclo- discovery number two. Um, I had a, a 40-year affair, and uh, my wife discovered the affair. I was already in SA, and uh, when I, my wife made it very clear she can handle disclosure ten times easier than she can handle discovery. And the reason is trust. Uh, if you're telling me what you're doing, I, I can begin to trust you. If I'm discovering your lies, it's real hard to trust. And we've been married 52 years. We're still together. Uh, my primary, we had therapists. I did not disclose in front of a therapist. Uh, I literally read my first step to my wife. And uh, that actually worked out reasonably well. Um, but one of the things I discovered, and she did want details, and I, I said, no, I'm not going to give you details. And she was happy with that, actually. And in the long run, uh, I would recommend that. And actually, at these conventions, I, I listened to SA and SNN panels, where pretty much the consensus was, don't give too much detail. Um, but my wife had a, a, a problem. We, we, we lived on the north side of Chicago, my family's on the south side, so we're driving to the south side quite a bit. And the woman I was having an affair with was on the south side. And every time we went south, my wife would just go crazy. Every time we passed a hotel, she imagined I was in that hotel with somebody. And every time we passed a bar, she imagined I was in that bar with somebody. And so finally I says, you know what? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a tour. And I literally did. I, I drove her to the south side and I said, these are the hotels, and these are the bars. And after that, we could go south, and she wouldn't freak out. 
And, and what, I, what I discovered is that in some ways her imagination was much worse than the reality. And one advantage of disclosure was her imagination didn't have to run wild. And it was much, actually in the long run, it was much easier for her to know than to wonder. And uh, so if that's appropriate, you know, consider maybe doing that too. Thanks. Hi, I'm Don. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, everybody. Uh, my experience with uh, disclosure is a little bit different. Um, because of my willfulness, um, I've been addicted for a long time and uh, destroyed. I've destroyed, uh, I've damaged relationships throughout my life because of my willfulness. Um, in the past, I don't know, a few months or year, uh, I knew I couldn't stop and I didn't want to die in this addicted, active addicted condition. And so I prayed to God that He would help me. Didn't know how, what form that would take. So, a few months ago, um, my, I was with my, uh, my folks. I don't need to go into detail, but I was arrested in front of my parents. And so that was my disclosure. And, um, you know, I got what I asked for. Um, it led me to be here. And, um, so I know that that was God driven. Um, and I look forward to uh, the hopefulness and the love and the acceptance that I find in these meetings. Uh, it's a safe place. And um, so that's it. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Hi, my name is Shim I'm a sexaholic. Um, the reason... I started to disclose was because I was jealous of my friends that was driven behind that life from the program that their um, spouses are in Essanon and they are working a program together. And like I, my wife didn't even know I'm going to meetings. I did two meetings a day and I'm, I was, I'm just telling her I'm going for, I'm going to synagogue praying and I've, I've, it was on my heart also. So I disclosed in front of a therapist. Um, I didn't do full disclosure. I started like the therapy. We came to the therapist and she, we, the therapist was starting to talk to her that next week is going to be the disclosure. But the middle of the week, I gave some hints. So she said she's not going back to the therapist. Um, I basically that she knows now that, but I believe we have bad communication, so I don't even know what she knows. We're still married, we're still together, but masturbation and pornography, I don't know if she understands the lost by losting the spiritual basis. And, uh, so I'm scared because if she doesn't know when she will know, then she'll be, I don't know, but it's a scary point to me. Thank God she's here now. Um, she's, so uh, she has the, hopefully she's getting a support of friends to call, not, she will not call her sisters or her mother when she, if it's something goes bad for her. Um, that's what I got. Thank you. Hi, my name is uh, <clears throat> Solomon. I'm from New York City, and I'm a sexaholic. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of disclosure, um, I've uh, I've had a lot of lessons that uh, that I've learned the hard way. Um, <laughs> for one thing, when I uh, when I first joined the program, I uh, you know I signed up with this. Uh, um, <clears throat> with this, uh, with this free, uh, uh, with this, with this free online, uh, um, online tool for tracking my, uh, um, for tracking my sobriety. And I made the mistake of, 
<laughs> and it had an option of uh, of like uh, of putting on there an accountability partner, someone who gets an email whenever uh, whenever I had a slip, and <laughs> um, and I made the mistake of ha- of putting my kid sister as the accountability partner. And I told, uh, I didn't even tell her what the, uh, <clears throat> what the thing was about. I just, uh, just told her, oh, it's some kind of sin that, uh, you know. <laughs> and, uh, after a while she got suspicious, like, what is this thing that she keeps doing over and over again? <laughs> so I, um, you know, I told her and she felt so, uh, and, and she just, she, she just felt, uh, you know, she, she felt horrible when I told her that. So. That was really, uh, that was really a mistake on my part. And, uh, another time I told, uh, um, I told, a, uh, I told a friend of mine who I, uh, who I had been really close with, um, that, uh, um, that I would just out of the blue, I called him and told him I was an essay and he was like, uh, oh, okay, why did you tell me that? <laughs> like, what's, uh, what, what does this guy have knowing that? Like, was, uh, you know, he had no idea why I told him, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't, uh, but I generally don't hesitate to this, uh, to disclose when it's, uh, you know, when it's called for and when I know that the person, uh, that the person will keep a secret and will still like me, uh, regardless. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ellie. I'm a sexaholic. Grateful to be here. So about 370 days. Um, the only thing I would say that's a little different about uh, my disclosure was that, um, well, I guess I just want to preface that um, my acting out was like so bad. Like uh, before I got married, I was told not to tell my wife because she doesn't need to know that. But as I got married, my addiction got worse and worse. And I just like I, I needed any, I knew I had to get help. So I had to tell her like, I have to go, I, I had to disclose her and say, listen, I, have a, I just said, I didn't say the whole story. I have a problem with pornography, masturbation. I need help. And that was like a shocker, but she was like, oh, I support you, this and that. But um, things really got worse and worse, uh, even though I was still going to meetings. And my last time I, I had to disclose is like, I was so powerless. My wife would get reports on what websites I would go on, how much money was spent out of the bank, and I would still do it. So the last time I got finally caught, like several hundred dollars came out of the bank. And I was like, why? Like, wh- what is that? And I said, oh, we'll wait to my therapist and we'll talk about it. And uh, she's like, no, I want to know right now. And thank God I spoke to my therapist before, like, what should I say? What should I do? And he told me one piece of advice, which I want to share is like, you tell your wife the general picture, which is that you're out of control, you're spending the family's money, you're putting yourself at risk, you're putting her at risk, you have been with other people, like, in, like it's not just porn masturbation, you've been with other people, like strip clothes and stuff like that, and that's it. She doesn't have to know all the details of, like, 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 like that you've, like, slept with other people and all that stuff, and I said to my therapist, like, what do you mean? She, how the hell is she, she's not going to believe that I would just go out there and do all the stuff and wouldn't go further. She knows me. And, my, and when I was with my wife and I told her, she's like, I don't believe you. What do you mean? You went out to these places and you didn't sleep with them? I said, no. You know, I just listened to my therapist. And I thought she wouldn't believe it. She's like, okay, fine. And uh, I'm happy I listened to him, you know, and because, you know, so it's not a full disclosure, but at least that, like, you know, we still have a marriage. And, and, I, I, and I'll end off with this. I, 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 I relate to what others said. Like, at God's time and at God's place, if she needs to know more, she'll know more. And... And that's it. Thank you for letting me share. I'm Jed Sexaholic. Uh, just want to end with another reading from the the White Book. Uh, kind of start and end with the White Book is usually, or the literature is helpful. Uh, on page 179, it's talking about uh, meetings. And, you know, when we talk about this topic of disclosure, there's, you know, it's an immediate uh, gravitation toward uh, spouses or family. You know, it's like we almost always think of that way. And when I was kind of looking up the topic, I came across uh, this section in here where it says, and it's talking about meetings. It says, when we disclose the thoughts and intents of our hearts in surrender, we identify with one another at depth. Our common problem is not sexual at all. It is spiritual. We identify at the level of feelings, guilt, shame, remorse, Loneliness, resentment, anger, rage, fear. On the other hand, we are careful not to be a temptation to others in a way we talk about our sexual acting out. 
and so I, you know, I just really like this, this part that says, um, you know, that, dis- that disclosure in the program, disclosing to one another, being honest and open, uh, is, is a, is a part of the recovery and keeping our inside out. Uh, lust hates the, hates the light. Uh, you know, all those, those sayings that we hear about. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of throw that in the mix. Thank you. Thanks. So uh, closing statement, anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand and let's do the third step prayer. listening to this episode of the daily reprieve the best source for experience strength and hope for sa members please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes please show your support by donating to the daily reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking donate now thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of the daily reprieve